Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Hey, my friends, this is quite a different conversation, actually, because I've never spoken with an air quality expert, believe it or not. I think it's quite interesting how air in our home environment can play a huge, it can play a huge impact, really, on our overall health, especially with mold. I mean, people know what mold is, right? And you may not be aware fully that mold or where it breeds and you could be in an environment currently where you're living that is surrounded with mold. My guest today is Michael Rubino, who is an air quality expert and wellness advocate, helping to bridge the gap between our homes and their direct impact on our health. He's the founder and CEO of Home Cleanse, formerly known as All American Restoration, a company dedicated to addressing the worldwide health epidemic caused by poor indoor air quality. He works closely with the company's advisory team, which includes global well-being trailblazers such as Deepak Chopra, the Chopra Foundation, and Gwyneth Paltrow to achieve the company's mission to improve the quality of life for 100 million people each year by 2030. Michael is also the founder of Change the Air Foundation, a non-for-profit committed to empowering the world to achieve better health by establishing safer and healthier indoor environments. In this conversation, we talk all about air quality in our home environments and how we can better improve our living environments, what we should be looking out for, some simple tips, tricks to make it easy for you guys to really fundamentally get better air quality in your home because you could be uh, in an environment that is not going to benefit your health one little bit. So this is a fascinating conversation, but Michael also authored the Mold Medic and Experts Guide on Mold Removal too, which you can get, uh, I'll make available in the link links below for you guys. 
So, my friends, I hope that you get a lot out of this one. Also, don't forget, with Christmas just around the corner, if you want to get a copy of my brand new book, The Path of an Eagle, which came out this year, then you can do that now. The links for that will be in the show notes below too. It will be a perfect gift for someone this Christmas or even a gift for yourself too. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom and the advice, as well as the stories of none other than Michael Rubino. Oh, you very, you very well can. And thank you so much for having me. You're more than welcome, man. Thank you for, for actually taking the time to be here. Very much looking forward to unboxing not just your story, but also this whole indoor air quality thing, as well as mold, you name it. And like I was just saying a moment ago, I've never really spoken to anyone that addresses uh, mold or indoor air quality. So this is fascinating to, for me. So I have to apologize in advance. This is just me going to be very, very curious. So if I'm trying to find a question along the way, you'll have to forgive me for that. <laughs> Help me no problem. And you know what? No Curiosity idea. is important because we don't figure out things in life if we're not curious. That's the way I see it too, man. So yeah, my audience knows that I am one hell of a curious individual. So if it takes me a little while to pick up a question, they forgive me for that in advance. But anyway, I digress to the first question. <laughs> uh, what does success look like for you, Michael? What does success look like for me? Well, I'll tell you this. I've been doing a lot of like reflecting and soul searching. And, you know, I think everybody should try this at some point, but try to figure out like, why you feel you exist. And for me, like the thing that kept coming up was, I think I just want to make life better. Um, not only for me, but for others around me. And why that matters is because, you know, if you think you can do anything on your own, you might be delusional. And I've been there. Okay. It takes collaboration, right? I have a family, me and my wife collaborate to raise our family. I have a company, me and a, a lot of amazing people collaborate to make this company successful and to help people out there. And sometimes we can be like selfish human beings, I feel, but you know, if you've ever looked at it, like you can't run from people, you have to collaborate with people and kind of tackle it head on. And that's like one of these things that have, that have come out with this, this like self-reflection, if you will. And so I think that's why I'm here. And uh, I happen to stumble upon what I've stumbled upon in the world of air quality um, because I've been curious and saw some things that didn't make sense to me and may required me to just do a deep dive there. And now I think making making life better for me and for anybody around me is uh, is really what I'm trying to do. Teamwork makes a dream work, as they say. But it's uh, it. what sort of brought on that introspection that trying to understand why you're here? Well, I, I met Deepak Chopra and he's not a guy that you can meet that doesn't make you question everything about life. I'll tell you that. So uh, I did a retreat with him last year and it was honestly really amazing. And I, I'm inspired by what he's doing. Um, I was lucky and grateful enough for him to be inspired by what I was doing. And you know, it was the first time I've ever meditated. Okay. And so that's, that's a pretty cool story to be the first time you ever meditate is with Deepak Chopra, by the way, for those who don't know who he is, just please look this guy up. He does a lot of amazing work on meditation and, uh, breath work and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, one of the things that we did, um, 
we go up to this mountain and we sit around in a circle and um, just questions get asked, right? It's the best way to say it. And for some reason, I like remember this like repressed memory of being a kid. Um, and I just start crying. Here I am, a grown man crying about something from 30 years ago. Okay. And through that, I just started realizing like, wow, there is a, you know, there's, there's a lot that happens in life, childhood trauma, et cetera. And, you know, it, life moves so fast that we don't do a lot of reflection of like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> like, is, is life really just about like going to sleep and getting up and eating breakfast and, you know, just carrying on about your day and making money and raising a family? I mean, those are aspects and maybe more important to some than others. But <clears throat> there was like this, why though? What am I trying to do? And I think um, if you don't really look at what are you trying to accomplish in this life? you're very likely to just live a very full life, but never really accomplish what you want. And I think that's why I kind of just started really paying more attention to that. And, um, you know, air quality is, like I said, something I stumbled upon. Um, it, it is, it has become a large part of, you know, fulfilling my purpose for sure. But, um, you know, I can't wait to kind of dive more into that side of things too. There's a, a lot of questions I have coming from that response. The first being you meditating with Deepak Chopra and understanding that Deepak himself is, I guess you could call it a very spiritual uh, person. Did Are you a spiritual person at all? Did that sort of startle you in any way? No, I think I've always been a very spiritual person. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've learned and studied various religions out there. Um, and, you know, I think all of them are amazing in their own way, but, but I've always gravitated more to just like the soul, if you will. Right. And understanding more about just the soul and this whole connectedness with us and the planet and animals and plants and what have you. And so, um, I was fascinated by it. Like I, I, like I said, I've never meditated before this point. Um, you know, mainly just because like I said, life gets very busy and, you know, the last thing that I ever thought was I need to take 15 minutes when I don't have any time at all and sit here and just do nothing and think and just reflect. Um, but boy, when I did that, you know, I was like, why haven't I been doing this all along? <laughs> I think a lot of people, they ask themselves from time to time as they're growing up, why am I here? But they may not find the answer or they may not, or they may find an answer that they may not like, but it sort of sounded like to me, you found an answer that you do like to some degree. Is that right? Yeah. And look, it's been through many iterations, right? It, it started off as like, you know, I just want to help people to like, you know, that's, that doesn't work because it's more than that. Right. I want to make things better. What's things like there could be so many different things. And then I realized like, well, what is the main purpose of life itself yeah. to live, to survive, to exist, to be, to do, to have. Right. And so as I started reflecting on all that stuff, I'm like, well, life is the center of what we're here to do. And you really have an option. You can, you know, make life better. Um, you can definitely make life worse. You know, uh, you can really just let life pass you by uh, and not really truly experience it or live it. And so as I started kind of like looking at all this stuff, it just, it just kind of clicked. And 
there maybe at some point I'll find something better, but I'm I'm really thinking that this really connects with me. So you discovered this after you had already been doing air quality and being curious in, in that and yeah. helping people purify, I guess, the the air in their homes. Totally. I mean, like this is something that I figured out like very recently, like probably a couple of weeks ago. Um you know, that what I was doing um, and what I am doing in the professional world and just having that drive to help people. And um, it, it, it's kind of like if you find something and you're like, hey, this is earth shattering and going to change a bunch of lives, you have to do something about that. Like, I don't care what your purpose is. Like, you're going to if you're a good human being, you're going to want to do something about that. And and so that was already taking shape. But then it was just like, okay, what it, you know, now that I've, you know, written this book and that book's going to help people, like what's next for me, right? I've created a company and the company's doing well and I'm I'm no longer the CEO of that company. Now I'm on the board and th- things have already been going well. And so it's like, what's next? And and in order to answer that question, I had to answer like, what what is my purpose? What am I trying to do? And, you know, now I'm seeing, after figuring that out, I'm starting to see all the other paths that I can do to continue to help, um, whether it's air quality or, or other things. I mean, news spoiler alert, it's definitely still air quality right now, but uh, you know, it kind of leaves the door open as to like, when I solve that, it's like, well, what else can I stumble upon and try to help? And, you know, maybe this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that I happen to discover, or, or, or maybe, maybe I'll discover something else. But at the end of the day, you know, I think living in the now and having more understanding of what my purpose is, um, and just being more grounded in that spirituality, I think has been really helpful for me. And, you know, hopefully for others too, that, that have ever been walked that same path. Where did your curiosity come from regarding trying to better understand air quality and help others with fixing it. Yeah. So really my curiosity came about probably about 10 years ago. Um, my dad's been a restoration contractor since I'm five years old. So I've been around construction and all this stuff my entire life. Um, but it was after hurricane Sandy, which, you know, if you don't know, it was this big hurricane that hit the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, et cetera. Um, and, I started noticing people getting sick. So, you know, I'm working for my dad, the family business. I'm thinking like maybe I'll design stuff because I was really interested in, you know, that side of things and um, started working with my dad, you know, really getting my, my understanding of the business side of things. And, you know, I'm knocking on doors and I'm saying hello and what's going on. And I'm interviewing people of what they're looking for and, I started seeing people sick and like, sometimes it was very similar brain fog, chronic fatigue. Sometimes it was acute. Sometimes it was severe, but it always, I just, it always stemmed around. Like I had water damage and you know, that was the common theme. And a lot of them had already been remediated, which was pretty remarkable because you're, they, they thought the problem was fixed. I'm looking at results visually. It looks fixed. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, right? How is there results that show that there's a horrible problem here, but it looks perfect, right? And that's when I started to say, like, we need to look at the science of what's going on here, right? What is mold? 
is is mold an organism is it a particle what is mycotoxins um you know because people are talking about mycotoxins and doctors started going down the rabbit hole looking for for mold literate doctors and they're talking about mycotoxins well what is that and how does that come into into effect with our homes and all of this there's a whole ecosystem you know it's it's like your home becomes an aquarium for all these things that you don't want and so when I looked at all this stuff, I started looking at the standards, right? There are standards typically, um, especially uh, in Australia, you, you use the IICRC, which is really the only global standard we have. Um, and, and the standards suggest that we, you know, set up engineering controls, we take it serious, we protect ourselves, protect the people inside. We make sure that whatever we're disturbing doesn't get a, you know, into the rest of the house. Yeah. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is interesting. But what about the fact that it's already in the house, right? Like it's been there for how no long, for, you know, nobody knows how long. And it's been creating these particles and toxins that have been traveling through the air. And, you know, so it's already in the house. It's probably in the HVAC too. But there's no real discussion of that. And then, you know, just like when I first started out, I didn't, was it the mold in the wall making them sick? Is it what the mold created making them sick? And uh, as I started helping people with this, and there was a lot of trial and error, don't get me wrong, we're talking about like trying to create a new process here. Um, I started to realize, holy crap, it is what the mold creates that makes people sick. How do I know? Because we're showing that the mold is gone, but we're still showing that there's mold in the dust over there and that's still affecting them. But the mold has gone over here, right? So I started to realize that, wow, this is what actually, this is what people are actually reacting to. Um, and it's not being addressed in this industry, like at all. The other interesting thing is this is microbiology, right? This mm -hmm. is the study of <laughs> life itself from the microscopic realm. And what's really interesting about this is that none of the people that work in people's homes have any understanding of microbiology. Heck, yeah. I didn't I didn't go to school for microbiology. How do I know? How do I know the elements of microbiology now? Because I took the time to learn it, because I realized that I wasn't gonna help people if I didn't bother to learn it. But it's not taught, it's not required to be taught. So is kind of like, imagine if we didn't require doctors to get degrees to be doctors and just said, you know, you, you were a carpenter, good, Dr. Rick, come on over here and diagnose these people. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I'm not saying that you need like a four-year degree in microbiology to be able to help someone in their home, but you should at least understand what mold is and how it produces mycotoxins because you know, for example, it's not just mold, it's bacteria, there's viruses, there's other indoor pathogens. There's probably stuff we don't even know about because our technology is, isn't, isn't equipped enough to detect it. Right. So this is what, uh, this is kind of the, the whole story, which led to me figuring things out and not only writing a book, but helping thousands of people who were really sick, fix and create healthy environments. Where do we begin? That's the the big question for people, right? Where where do I where do I start with this? <laughs> like yes, that's a great question. So to back up, right? Mold obviously is we you know, according to the Cleveland Clinic, uh 
fungi, bacteria, and viruses uh, is what causes disease. Okay. So fungi being mold and yeast and mushrooms, that's, that's what fungi uh, breaks down into, right? So, you know, we're not really worried about mushrooms in our home, but we typically are worried about what mold, maybe yeast and things of that nature. Okay. So now that we understand that creating a healthy environment is about making sure that the air that we're breathing, right, is good quality air. If it's toxic air or has too many particles, especially disease causing particles, well, guess what? We may not feel so well. So where do we start? Well, here's another interesting thing. I'll tell you where people typically start and why this is not the right place to start. The whole industry for many years, the gold standard has been air testing. Have you heard that? Yep, I've heard of air testing. Have you heard of like air tests? People yep. think like, if I want to check my air quality, what I do is I test my air. I mean, logically, it makes a lot of sense. But here's, here's the problem with that. First off, the testing technology itself it only really captures approximately about a three foot radius. So, uh, you know, for the metric system here, it's about a, a meter. Okay. Now with that being said, that's not, that's a very tiny, small space compared to, you know, the whole circumference of the house. Right. Yeah. And when you take one air sample in the center of a room, which is what they typically do, like you're missing like the rest of the room, you know? Um, and what's interesting is if we're talking about like that three feet meter uh, area, well, guess what? The center of the room is not very likely to have the problem. It's more likely to be like on an exterior wall or a wall with plumbing. So you're going to miss stuff. The other interesting thing about this is dust, okay? Our dust is too large to fit inside the cassette. Well, that doesn't seem like a problem. However, talking about particles, right? We have mold in our wall or bacteria in our wall, and it creates particles constantly. That's its method of surviving. Those particles then settle in our dust. They bind with our dust, now become a part of our dust. And then they recirculate across the home. So if you've ever sat on a couch or on a chair, on a sunny day in front of a window and you saw that ray of light peek through and you saw all that stuff floating in the air, you know that our dust is everywhere, right? Yep. Now, if we know that our dust gets contaminated because particles get created and they settle and then our dust is everywhere, we're constantly breathing it in, that's where the problem really starts to lie. And if the air testing technology doesn't pick up the particles because they're bound with the dust, because the dust is too large to fit inside, and that is most likely where the particles are, we're going to miss things. So really what it came to me was, why don't we just test the dust? Well, good news. There's what's called PCR technology. Now, everyone through the pandemic that we've just experienced, I think knows what PCR technology is, probably didn't know a couple of years ago, but definitely knows it now. Yep. And it's essentially DNA analysis of whatever's there, specifically in this case, we know it for viruses, but you can use PCR technology to really detect the DNA of almost anything, like uh, anything that's alive, like mold, like bacteria. So when we look at this, we say, why don't we start testing the dust and Eureka, what we're finding, we're finding problems that we're not finding in the air, air testing, which is then leading us to backtrack and say, good, where's it coming from? And through this process, we're now not just 
you know, doing traditional mold remediation. What we're actually doing is we're scientifically improving the environment by figuring out what's wrong with the environment, then fixing it. And then voila, at the end of it, you have a healthy environment. And we can talk all day about why that may be valuable or not. Um, but I think that, you know, this is kind of the breakthrough of how do we create healthy environments? And hopefully through the work that we're going to be doing over the next couple of years, it, it helps change lives for the better. So the dust particles that you mentioned that come in when you see the ray of sun sunlight hit it and you see all the particles moving around, that is always going to be there or can we get rid of it? Well, so dust itself is typically dead hair and skin cells. And so they're always going to be there as long as we live indoors. And, you know, that that's not going to change. We There's a couple of different things, though, right? So when we're talking about creating a healthy environment, number one, cleaning, and I hate to say this because I know I'm breaking a lot of hearts here, but cleaning is going to be so very important, okay? Um, like, I had so many flashbacks of my mom telling me, like, Michael, you cannot mop that floor with the same bucket of water. You're just swishing stuff around, okay? That... That conversation, mom, has led to many breakthroughs, okay, and developing a cleaning process. So thank you. Um, <laughs> with that being said, you know, like we have to really remove dust. Um, and what's it's not the dust becomes a problem because unfortunately, uh, anything that's in our environment that we don't want, like VOCs, like mold, like bacteria, like viruses, those particles do settle where our dust settles. And they 
um, you know, for her has been just amazing. And, um, I think that when you see these like remarkable transformations in people and you know, you're on the right track and maybe it's not perfect because nothing ever is, but you, you, you're able to see like how important this is. It's just freaking inspiring, you know? Yeah. But Michael, the problem is when I clean the dust, it, it comes back so quickly. (laughs) It annoys me. Why is, why is that? (laughs) <laughs> well, it could be many different things So you could have different pressurizations in the home. So like sometimes our home is under negative pressure. What does that mean? It means that we're drawing, we're pulling air in from outside more frequently instead of like pushing air outside. So you have that, this, this, it's either really going to be neutral where it's even, it's going to be negative where you're pulling more in, or it's going to be positive or you're pushing more out. Well, some people, the way in which their and you know their mechanicals are designed, like HVAC and exhaust fans and all these things, creates a negative pressure in the environment. They're pulling stuff in. Sometimes our buildings aren't that well sealed, or our windows and doors aren't that well sealed, and we allow a lot of stuff from outside to come in. Um, sometimes we're not great at cleaning. You know, we do we do it. We think we're doing a good job, but then it comes back quick because we missed a bunch of stuff. So. Because think about it like this. So I told you that it always moves, right? So imagine you clean three rooms out of four rooms and you're like, this room, I don't go in. So I'm not going to clean it. It's fine. I'll clean that when, you know, Aunt Sally comes in two months. Well, guess what? That dust is going to migrate to the other three rooms and it's going to settle out as a new equilibrium because we're constantly... It's just, we're constantly moving air as we walk through a room, as we open and close doors and windows. Here's the other thing. Um, we have HVAC systems typically, and I don't care what type of system you have, it's going to circulate air. A lot of people don't know that there are better filters for our HVAC systems. And so sometimes people just get the cheapest one. What does that mean? It means it's allowing all of our dust to pass through and just recirculate. So yeah, you're cleaning what fell on the surface already, but as you saw with that ray of light comparison, there's a bunch of stuff in the air just waiting to settle back down. So it's kind of this two-pronged approach where you're like, find sort or three-pronged, sorry. You're finding sources, you're eradicating them, you're purifying the air with good filtration or air purifiers or you know both, and you're staying on top of cleaning. You do that and you have a healthy environment. See, I just gave away all the secrets. It's out there on the table. Yeah, but the, the hard part is actually cleaning. So how often should we be cleaning our rooms? I think once a week. Yeah, once a week. Pretty reasonable. That's what we do. I mean, I, I clean my room. I'm a I'm a neat freak. <laughs> Good. So I, I try my best to clean my desk because it's black and you can see the dust, the dust pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. But I have my window open most of the time to try and let in some outside air because otherwise I'd, I'd suffocate in my own carbon dioxide. <laughs> so I want some fresh air to be let in. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a great thing. I mean, fresh air is great. You know, we go outside, we always feel good outside, you know, getting that good, fresh, clean air, right? Um, unless, of course, you go outside on a day where your iPhone tells you that the air quality is poor. You know, th- those are bad, sad days, right? Yeah. Uh, but most of the time, you know, you go outside and, it, and it's it's a good thing, right? And so bringing fresh air in is a good thing. You know, the problem with our homes isn't isn't because like the air outside is typically toxic. The problem within our homes is that our homes are built tighter 
and and they they're constantly being updated worldwide to be made tighter and more energy efficient. Um, with that being said, there's a limited volume of air that we're now breathing, and what that means is that the more toxicity you have inside, and the less air exchange that you have, well, then the higher the concentration of particles and toxins, et cetera, per breath. And I'm sorry here, but you take 7.3 million breaths per year. So that is a lot of opportunity to have stuff come inside of your body. That's why air exposure, as, as we learned through COVID, air transmission is the greatest route of exposure. It's having the air conditioner on, does that make a big difference to the air quality? It can, you know, uh, there are various things. If the air conditioner itself uh, is contaminated, you know, that that obviously can be a problem. Um, air conditioning systems typically remove humidity from the air naturally. They have a coil as they're providing cool air. They're taking the moisture out of the air. It's dripping out and into a condensation and they're taking it outside, right? Um, that's That's a good thing, right? Because we understand that too much humidity or too much moisture equates to an environment where mold and bacteria and all the stuff we don't want can thrive. Yeah. So I think, yes, HVAC units can be very helpful. What about fans? Fans, um, you know, they, they obviously move around a lot of air, right? That's what they're designed to do. And so, you know, if, if your environment is clean, you know, there's no real reason to not have a fan. Um, you know, if you're sleeping in a moldy room and you put the fan on, you know, that may cause some interesting effects for you. So it's, you know, look, we want to live normal and I'm not trying to like say we need to live abnormal. You know, I have ceiling fans. I use them. You know, everyone, if you have a ceiling fan, you can use it. But what we're talking about is understanding if our environment is healthy or unhealthy, I think is, re is really something that we haven't been doing as a civilization or haven't been paying much attention to. But all the little warning signs are there that like, this is going to help with longevity and health and wellness because, well, you know, all the things I've already mentioned and we haven't been focusing on. And so if I can make anyone's life better by just allowing you to be aware of this and pay attention to it and create some resources for you to go out and find out if your health, your home is a healthy one, uh, that, that would be amazing. Now, my mum has put a lot of plants inside the house and I I don't like them mainly because they breed spiders uh, yeah. more and more, but she's adamant that it helps with the air quality. Is there any truth to that? Well, there are some plants and I don't know all of them off the top of my head. I'm, I'm not a very good botanist, unfortunately, but there are some plants that have been known to actually do improve the air quality. Uh, as we do know through photosynthesis, and this is just like, you know, elementary science class that I happen to remember off the top of my head, but photosynthesis takes carbon dioxide, produces oxygen, right? So that that's all good stuff. Um, having oxygen is definitely valuable. Um, but there's also a negative effect with plants that people don't often think about, even though there's some positive things too. And the trade-off is that mold loves the soil. Um, if you go outside and tested the soil right now, most likely you're going to find mold there. Bacteria loves the soil. You're most likely going to find bacteria. As a matter of fact, uh, staph, you've heard of staph infections or strep, you've heard of strep, strep infections. Uh, you will find staph and strep in the soil. For those that, that weren't aware of that, they're gram-positive bacteria called actinomycetes. And all of this is very interesting because 
if we have a lot of plants, we're going to have a lot of soil and it's going to be wet because we're constantly watering it so that our plants live. And that can just kind of create a breeding ground for stuff. So um, I grew up and had plants. I think it was a very normal thing, um, you know, but it's just something to be mindful of. If you already have a mold problem in your walls and you have plants, it's probably going to exacerbate that. If you don't and you clean your pots and you make sure there's no drips and, you know, on the floor and leaks and things, it'll probably be okay. But, you know, everything in life is good in moderation. So if I come to your room and you have a thousand plants all over the place, I, I may, we may have to, you know, change the tone of the discussion a bit. Well, you won't find a single plant in my room. It'd just be <laughs> outside. It's more like mum's sort of turned into kind of like this beach house sort of vibe. So there's mm. got plants here. It's got to look a certain way and feel a certain way too. But yeah, it's constantly bumping into plants all, all the time and spiders. And yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm just complaining now. <laughs> but uh, what does an ideal home usually look like? Oh, like what does your home look like in terms of great air quality? Like what are some of the other aspects instead of cleaning? So we're doing that. Are there any purifiers that we can have around the house? Yeah. So my home, I have a, what's called a super V. It is a MERV 16 filter. Um, for those that don't know, there's a rating for filters. It's called the MERV rating. And the higher the number, the the it's really funny, the higher the number, the smaller the particle it can efficiently remove. And so that's the name of the game. The smaller the particle we can remove, the better for us because it's the tiny particles that bypass our self-defense mechanisms and enter our bloodstream, et cetera. Um, with all that being said, if we can remove smaller particles while they're in our air, um, A, that's a lot less cleaning that we'll have to do because it's removing it before it settles. And B, it's a lot less particles that we'll be breathing in. So there's a very much added value there. MERV 16 filter gets attached to the HVAC unit. And so you're essentially turning your HVAC unit into a gigantic air purifier, which is amazing. Um, you don't have a centralized HVAC unit, no problem. You just get air purifiers. Um, some of them can be expensive. I would tell you that, you know, I, I don't necessarily care about the brand. What I do care about is how small of a particle can this thing remove? And that's all I look at. That's like the very stat that I care much about. And then, you know, plugging them in. And if you can get afford to get one for every room, that's amazing. If you can't, you know, at least get one for the major rooms that are, you know, the largest or that you spend the most time in, I think is really helpful. And of course, the bedroom where you sleep and spend a lot of time in there too. Um, as we mentioned, cleaning, you know, very, very important. Um, yeah, it's definitely a very important aspect. Um, you know, I think we could all do a little better to be on top of that, myself included. You know, I'm human. We're all human. And, you know, we just, if you're aware of it and you see that there's a purpose for it, then you're much more likely to be like, you know, I'm not skipping to cleaning day today. I'm going to get it done and uh, I'm going to get up and do it. So just keeping those things in mind. But, um, you know, creating a healthy environment is kind of, it's all the above. Um, you know, there are tests you can do, like we talked about PCR to identify if there's anything abnormal in the environment. And so that's a big part of it because we find things that are abnormal, we have to address them or they're going to continuously produce particles, toxins, et cetera. So 
couple other things you can do is like ditching chemicals, you know, like we, we live in a world now where a lot of the things that we're trying to achieve with chemicals, we can do with botanical products, which are, you know, organic and safer and healthier. Um, there's no reason we need bleach anymore. You know, there's, there's alternatives to get the same effect that don't, you know, kill us at the same time. I was going to ask you about people when you clean the house, they mainly use chemicals. So wouldn't that just make your your environment that much more worse if you're using toxic chemicals to clean? Totally. Because, you know, they're toxic, right? Yeah, <laughs> Anything that has the word toxic <laughs> attached to it, you know, you should probably stay away from. Because what does that mean? It means that essentially it's going to, uh, if it's a spray, right, you're going to have an off gas. So it goes from a liquid to a gas state. Um, and when it does that, that's like the fumes that you're smelling when you're like, you know, we've all like smelled the bleach smell, right? Yeah. So you're, what you're smelling is you're smelling that, that product go from a liquid state to a gas state and just enter your body. It doesn't matter the state. They're just particles. And yeah. these particles enter your body. And obviously they're going to be smaller particles because now they're in vapor form versus droplet form. They're going to bypass your, your lungs and they're going to enter the bloodstream. And so what happens when that happens? Well, then your body's got to fight to get it out, right? And so if we look at it from that perspective, you know, we want things that if they enter our body, it's okay. You know, like think about, think about it from this perspective. I always like thought this was really interesting. Would I wash my body with this or not? Because if you wouldn't, then you probably shouldn't use it. And I know that's really interesting. And I'm not saying like people should go out and wash their body with mayonnaise or something, right? But you get the point. A chemical like bleach, you're not, you're not gonna do this with that all over the place. And it's if you do, it's gonna burn. Please don't do it. Uh, you know, and there's a reason for that, right? Because if it whether it enters through our skin, our lungs, et cetera, we're in contact with it. And once it enters our body, our body then has to fight to remove it. It's going to pass through some sort of system, whether it's the gut or the liver and your body has to work over hard overdrive to kind of deal with that. Now, a little bit of exposure here or there, probably not an issue, but you do it all the time. And, you know, we just talked about cleaning all the time. So if we're cleaning all the time and then we're doing that with chemicals might not be the best thing. Yeah, go with what you said before. Go with the more organic kind of things that don't have chemicals. Otherwise, you're going to be in a world of hurt. You're not really fixing problems at all. You're making it worse totally. for yourself. But um, this is fascinating stuff, man. I'm I'm finding this very, very interesting, actually, and I hope people listening or watching are finding it interesting too. Is there anything that I'm missing at all? Like anything that you can share that would be helpful for people to understand? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, we we talked a lot about the environment and how this plays plays into effect and creating healthy environments important. Um first off, hats off to all the work that the the medical doctors are doing in Australia regarding mold exposure because, you know, um there's been a lot of good stuff coming out of that um in terms of change that's needed and you know, in my opinion, I think every doctor should have some sort of capability of checking your environment as well as checking your body and like ruling that out. Right. Or because, you know, if we understand that microbiological contaminants 
are, are, are what's the main drivers in disease. Like, why aren't we looking at that, right? And seeing how we're getting exposed to these microbiological contaminants. But I digress. And what I will say is that people have come to me with the strangest symptoms. Um, you know, uh, I think, I think many people know like brain fog and chronic fatigue and respiratory and colds and things like that. But I have seen kids with seizures. I have seen a woman who was literally so sick that she had a GJ feeding tube installed into her lower intestines just to get nutrients to literally stay alive. Um, I have seen the craziest things. I've seen homes that you looked immaculate, you would have never known. And I just think that no matter what you're doing, whether you're sick and you're trying to figure out what it is and doctors aren't helpful, check your environment. Whether you're not sick and you just want to make sure that you're in good health and you're optimizing your health, please check your environment. Because if you find problems while they're small, it's a lot more cost effective. Or maybe you're just curious about all of this and you want to create a super environment. And I don't blame you. I, I do these types of things all the time to try to understand differences in technologies. Then check your house because believe me, I mean, I've seen this get so dark for people and they get, get down this road so, so bad where they get so sick and it's sad. And, um, as a society, we haven't been, like I said, paying attention to this. And so when people start to click and they start to get their data back, everyone around them thinks they're crazy. Right. And so I'm here to beg and plead. You're not crazy. Check your place. I think that 10, 20 years from now, this will be like a, oh, of course I always check my place. What are you crazy? But for right now, this is like a new emerging idea, right? All the pieces of the puzzle are there, but we're kind of now starting to connect them for, you know, perhaps the first time. Um, and so I think that it's really important that we start looking at our environment um, and start building back that performance and that health and wellness and don't let it get to the point where we actually get sick. And I, and that would be amazing. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing and continuing to do and spreading this message. And I'm glad that I can be part of it in some way, shape or form. Uh, where can people find you, uh, Michael, and connect with you and, and learn more about you? Yeah, I think one of the, the best ways to find me right now would be go to homecleanse.com. Um, you, know, you scroll down, you, you can, you know, learn more about me, my Instagram's on there and social media. If you want to, you know, message me an interesting question after listening to the podcast or something, I'm always happy to respond. And, um, you'll learn more about the book and everything that I'm doing, uh, change the air foundation.org. If you happen to be in the U S and you're interested to seeing the change that we're doing on the nonprofit side, we always need more heroes uh, to help out and push this change. So you know, that's, that's where to find me and just really want to thank you and appreciate you for creating this platform, uh, you know, sharing amazing topics like this one today with folks. And I think that, uh, like I said, if we're going to change anything for the better. It's going to be together in a collaborative effort. Yeah, man. Glad to be part of the team. It's, it's good. <laughs> all, all for quality air. Let's do it. There we go. Yeah. Cause I, I went for a run yesterday, right. And, uh, the air quality was shocking. So I was like really, really struggling to breathe. It was like my lungs were burning, but I pushed through it. So I'm like, I'm all for air quality that doesn't burn me lungs, that, that makes me healthy. So people yeah. get onto it. 
Uh, but my, totally. my, my final question for you, this is my all-time favorite question. Uh, it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family had decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Then ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. Being able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow, that is deep. I love it. Um, you know, I, I think regardless of whatever happens, because I mean, you know, I'm obviously the controller of my destiny. Um, but the thing about life is every day you gain new perspective, you encounter new challenges. Um, and so it's really hard for me to look at myself, you know, 60 years from now and, you know, know everything that I've been through. But I think at the end of the day, what I hope the common theme and message is, is that, you know, I made, I made people's days just a little bit better and a little bit brighter. Um, and, you know, whether I'm, I don't know that I'll be doing this exact air quality conquest. Cause man, if, if I don't solve this before 60 years from now, I'll be very upset with myself. Uh, but I hope that, you know, people just remember, you know, the fact that I, you know, just gave it my all, no matter what I was doing. Um, you know, I always gave it 110% and, you know, put others ahead of me and just, just actually gave a damn and was curious enough to always look. And I know that no matter what I'm doing, you know, now and in the future, the curiosity for me, I know I'm just a curious cat, uh, I think is really kind of a gift and a curse, but, but has been a very big gift for me because, um, I'm always looking to push the envelope and say, why not? You know? Well, thank you so much for your curiosity and your genuine nature and spirit. I wanted to finish this conversation with sort of like a funny story. I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, did you hear of uh, Bondi Air? People no. actually, so what they did was, I, I couldn't stop laughing at this, but people were gullible enough to get it. People in China, especially, and people overseas were buying this thing called Bondi Air. And essentially what it was is they bottled up air from Bondi <laughs> in, in Sydney and they would ship it. So people would open it up and then they would sniff it or they would in, uh, inhale it and then they'd get Bondi Air. <laughs> what? Was, That's amazing. It was sort of uh, this ridiculous joke that the people – we're earning a lot of money from it. It's kind of like, um, yeah. <laughs> there was, it's like there was the GameStop stock. Free. It doesn't it doesn't make sense, but it's just killing it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. On, on that note, my friend, thank you so much for your time, your your wisdom, your advice, and your stories, and for joining me today on the Storybox podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.